0: Well, good morning, OneChurch. How you guys doing this morning? Fantastic, man. You guys are awake. About a thousand times more awake than the nine o'clock service. So, uh, anyway, glad to have you here. Welcome to OneChurch.tv. I'll tell you this, next week we're starting a new series entitled Netflixmas. So, if you like Christmas movies, and let's just be honest, who doesn't, right? Um, We are going to be looking at uh, three Christmas movies, actually four, if you count uh, Christmas Eve. We're going to be looking at next week, four Christmases. Anybody ever seen four Christmases? Hilarious, hilarious movie. Make sure to watch it before. It'll be awesome. And then uh, the week after next, we're doing, Carlo is uh, preaching on a Christmas story, and if you be careful, because you can shoot your eye out. Um, And then the week after next, uh, we are looking at How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and then on Christmas Eve, we're going to be looking at a Charlie Brown Christmas, so... It's going to be wah, wah, wah. It's going to be amazing. So uh, I love Christmas. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, but uh, on Thanksgiving Day, in fact, let's just be honest, in our house, we I've been playing Christmas music since August. Um, and uh, the Christmas tree went up on Monday and really excited about that and just had a great uh, Thanksgiving uh, just hanging out with friends and family. Uh, I do believe it is the most wonderful time of the year. But not for everybody, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, because while so many of us are in that Christmas spirit, the reality is for a lot of people, the holidays are a very difficult time, and uh, I may be talking to you today, and you're like, yeah, I I totally get that, Chris. Uh, The sense of loss, the sense of increasingly cold and dark winter days, I mean, is anybody else, uh, I mean, I'm a little frustrated that at three o'clock in the afternoon, it is pitch black. Uh, I feel like I'm in Alaska or something. So there's a lot of people not feeling so merry and bright because of difficult health issues, because of fa- a family conflict and loss and breakups and divorce and loneliness and mental health issues. Feelings of depressions and negative mood affects a lot of different people, especially for the holidays. In fact, the holiday blues are a very real phenomenon. Psychologists have actually named it. It's called seasonal Affective disorder, SAD, and it is sad. It is sad. So today uh, we are ending the mixtape series, looking at the Book of Psalms. We're ending it with "What do you do when you're down?" And I think that's really apropos because we started this series by looking at uh, happiness, and we looked at Pharrell Williams' song "Happy." So we're kind of booking in this happy and sadness, and today we're talking about feeling those emotional lows. Many of us feel for Christmas. Now, here's one of the things we're going to be in Psalms today, Psalm 42, and the, this Psalm that we're going to be looking at is a very popular Psalm. And the thing I like about the Book of Psalms is that it's just real. I mean, if you're if you're experiencing really good, amazing things, you can read the Book of Psalms. If you like, just like your dog died, your cat died, something happened really, really tough, you can read the Book of Psalms. There is just a wide spectrum of emotions found in this book so psalm 42 i'm going to read all of verses 1 through 11 and if you have your U you version your bible app you can click on that and you can click on events and you can follow along with us this is what god's word says as the deer longs for streams of water so i long for you O god i thirst for god the living god where can i go and stand before him Day and night, I only have tears for food while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession into the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid sounds of great celebration. Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. I hear the tumult of raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me Oh God, my God, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Again, if you've spent any time in the book of psalms, you realize that this isn't a sugar-coated book filled with sugar plums dancing In the book of psalms, we can find great strength and encouragement yet. We can also realize it's not a feel-good book It's not a self-help book. We can find out that the writer of psalms is just as messed up But is vulnerable to emotional highs and lows. It's downright depressing sometimes to read this book When I ask a person "Have you ever asked a person, hey, how you doing? And they gave you back like a long, you know, kind of negative answer. Anybody, that's ever happened to you? Imagine, imagine, hey, how are you doing? And just as a psalmist wrote, well, day and night, I only have tears for food. You would go, "Uh, okay, good. See, you. hope everything works out for you. Bye. Right? I mean, you don't want to hang out with people like that because you know you are getting ready to go knee deep, waist deep into some difficult times. And if I was the one writing this book, if you were the one writing this book, you probably, you probably would have left many of this chapter out because we don't like when other people get down. I don't think we even like when we get down, right? We just don't. I don't necessarily want to listen to a preacher or a song leader as they question the very existence of God. Yet there's something about reading the psalm that God intends for us to find hope here, even through the sorrows Depression and blues as a pastor. One of my jobs is to help you trust God more But honestly after reading a psalm like this one psalm 42 doesn't seem like it helps very much I think one of the reasons why again the book of psalms is so valuable for us. It's just real. It's authentic We all get down We all struggle with blue times. We all have those seasons where life just stinks we all have those times where we sing the blues whether it's a blue christmas or alan jackson's help me make it through december God's word is real and it's helpful. Yes When we're on the highest of highs, but even when the lowest of lows god wants you and I to know something This christmas as we dig into psalm 42 and the first one is simply this the troubles seem to come in multiples Troubles seem to come in multiples. You thought it just happened to you, right? But it happens to everybody One thing goes wrong and then it's like another thing that goes wrong and then another thing goes wrong You just need to know that you are not unique in feeling this way This is what the psalmist writes in verse 7 Deep calls to deep in the roar of the raging seas your waves and surging tides Sweep over me that phrase deep calls to deep what he's saying there is that one trouble leads to another trouble, that leads to another trouble, and it, as it gets deeper and deeper and deeper in, your troubles only add insult to injury. Have you ever said, "That's all I need; just one more thing go wrong"? I mean, one more thing. It's so funny. Um, our Thanksgiving holiday was a, it was a good holiday, but I'll tell you, one thing it seems like breaks after another thing that breaks after another. anybody ever experiences that? Uh, we have not had a stove that has worked for six months. I can't even make this up. Welcome to the pastor's house. Uh, we get these, uh, these failure notifications at F3, F5, F7, and uh, it just doesn't work. Our refrigerator has been leaking, so we're having to mop up a bunch of stuff. Dishwasher doesn't clean dishes. And it's so funny. We were uh, talking with my mom, and we always love doing Thanksgiving at our house. And mom uh, kind of whispered in Kim and ear, uh, if y'all are going to have Thanksgiving at your house, you're going to need to have an oven that works, right? I mean, you've got to cook a turkey. So we went out and we got a whole package deal where we got a new oven and a new fridge and a new microwave. That was the one thing that we had that did work. And and a, and a new dishwasher. And it is amazing, right? It is amazing. They're stainless steel. And what's so funny is now that we got those in there, it's making the rest of the 1970s Brady Bunch backsplash in our house look that much worse. You, you ever feel like you'd start making improvements and then it, it, it like it, it like... Spotlights on the things that still need work. And and it's just it's just like us, right? It's like the human heart It's just the whole contentment thing But it seems like one thing breaks after another and you know the garage door breaks and the washing machine breaks The toilet stops up and you start what's that weird smell emanating from the house, right? Well, that's just christmas. It just is (laughs) Uh, Because the crapper's full if you're a cousin eddie. So there's just something about that, right? Deep Calls to deep and the roar of raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. The psalmist is writing that troubles are crashing in on him like waves. I love the beach. I do. In fact, me and my wife Kim, we took our two boys. Uh, our third was uh, marching uh, with uh, blue stars uh, this past summer, and we took our two boys to Pensacola, Florida. And uh, we were a little bummed because when we got on the beach, the yellow flags were up and that was basically saying S- a strong tide, you know, surging. And uh, so I'm like, okay, listen, boys, I don't want you getting out there and getting, you know, in a dangerous water. So let me go out first. Now, I'm a lifeguard, at least I used to be a lifeguard, and I'm very buoyant. And uh, so I-, I get into about knee-deep worth of water and the waves knock me downward. And I am rolling it pulls off my swimming trunks By the way, you're you're welcome for that mental picture And I am I am searching in the surf trying to find my swimming trunks I janked them up and i'm trying to get up and i'm 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 knocked over again and again And I got back on the beach and my youngest one bingham. He says i'm not going out there daddy And i'm and i'm like nora is dad. So it's just have you ever felt like life was like that? Like wave after wave of trouble hits you and you just sink deeper and deeper, deep calls to deep. God doesn't always answer the questions of why things like that are happening. In fact, this is what it says in verse five. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Why, why? Do you know that there's nothing wrong with asking God the why question? Nothing wrong with asking God why. But know this, God may not always provide the answer that you want. You can read the whole book of Job and all of his sufferings, and Job never really gets the answer to the why question. He does get the who, though, and the who is God. God says, I am not going to give you the answer you want, but I am going to give you myself. And that's what it says in verse 3. My tears have been my food day and night, While men say to me all day long, where is your God? And it doesn't say, where is your God? And then all of a sudden, God pops up like a jack-in-the-box going, I'm here. And by the way, this is the reason why all this is happening, and now everything's great. It's not like a TV sitcom, where in 23 minutes, you get conflict, and you get happiness. It's not always like that. We have every right to ask God the why questions. In fact, I believe he wants us to come to him with our questions. Do you have some questions that might begin with why? Why, God? Why did the relationship have to end? Why did this have to happen to my child? God, why did I lose my job? God, why did you take my grandfather? God, why cancer? Go ahead and ask God those questions. I encourage you to ask him, but know that sometimes you will not have an easy answer. And folks, I think that's what it means to walk by faith, is that sometimes when you don't get the answers you want, you continue to trust God. When the blue times of life come, second thing is you need to realize that your feelings are not your reality. Your feelings are not your reality. Oh God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Now, you need to realize God had not forgotten him, but the way he felt was that God was absent from his circumstances. God wasn't requiring him to continue on in sorrow, but that's the way he felt. The way he was talking was reality to him, but it wasn't the truth. Our feelings are not our reality. Back in 2007, when one church just was just an idea. We had a group of 30 people meeting every Wednesday night at a coffee shop and we were going over what we were going to be like and what type of church and our core values and our mission and all of this stuff. And as we were leading these 30 people moving towards eventually launching in September of 2007, we had a a fantastic lady. Her name is Edie. And uh, Miss Edie, uh, her husband uh, served in the military, and uh, he passed away. And now Edie was a widow with two kids, Lee and Victoria. In fact, here's a picture um, of of Edie and her daughter, Victoria. Victoria was this 12-year-old, very vibrant, had such a big heart for life. Victoria was special needs, but she was so excited about the beginning and the starting of this new church A church where all of her friends could be invited and come But three weeks before we launched in september Victoria drowned in a pool Before we ever had our first church service Before we ever had our first launch We walked with this mom through the worst pain possible my official duty As a pastor of onechurch.tv was to do victoria's funeral a special lovely 12 year old little girl You know when somebody loses a child It's one of the worst pains possible. It's easy to think that god Has forgotten you and the fact is if you're a christian Even the most dedicated solid mature christ followers you're going to go through times of real valleys Of real struggles in your faith You may even doubt God. And I want you to hear me say, that is okay. When the whys of life come, you and I should know that God really does care. And even though he's not answering your whys, he does care for you. Even though you don't understand the whys and you can't make sense of what's going on, even when God doesn't seem like he's nowhere to be found, he loves you and he cares for you. The way you're feeling is not necessarily... The way it is. Sometimes your feelings are not your reality. It's you know it's okay to have doubts. You know, as a pastor, I still have doubts. Everyone has moments of doubts. Everyone in the Bible had moments of doubts. When your questions arise, they can be unsettling at times, especially if it's about our faith. But you need to know this: that our God is big enough to handle your questions. Did you know that our God? He's big enough and he is secure enough to handle your insecurities He is he is certain enough to handle your uncertainties Our doubts can actually pave the way to a deeper belief to a deeper faith So it's okay to doubt you doubt as long as those doubts lead you questioning and coming to the arms of a god that loves you Doubt paves the way to belief. here's our big idea today God uses blue times to get your attention and to draw you closer to him. The reason why blue times happen is that God wants to use those blue times to get your attention and to draw you closer to him. There's just something about difficult times that gets our attention in it. See, it's amazing when economy tanks, everybody finds Jesus. You ever notice that? And when it and when the economy's doing good, they, they, they may know of Jesus But they're having a good relationship with Visa, MasterCard, and American Express. You know what I'm saying? But when the credit runs out, it's like, oh, Jesus. Right? Isn't that right? It's just how it is. God uses difficult times, blue times, to get our attention and to draw us closer to him. Verse 3 says this. My tears have been my food day and night while all day long people say to me, where is your God? And that leads us to point number three. During your blue times Don't expect others to immediately make you feel better Don't I mean, what is that to say to somebody all day long to me? People say where is your god? Isn't that encouraging? I mean some of you you, you some of y'all you have the gift of encouragement. You should use that Others of you You have the gift of discouragement. You need to pack that gift away in your back pocket You just do I mean some of you and I think all of us struggle with this one when you're at a funeral for somebody you love and you're walking through the line, we so want to fill the silence with empty words or quote a Bible verse. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is to say nothing at all. In fact, I would encourage you, if you're walking with somebody who's going through intense grief, don't say anything. In fact, this is what Romans 12, 15 says. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. But what are you supposed to share? Share tears when they're down. Not quote a Bible verse a day to keep the devil away. Sometimes the most godly thing you can do is to say nothing at all and just cry and weep and hold them. You don't have to have all the answers to help them through this difficult situation. Doesn't that give you some hope? You don't have to have all the answers. Because I don't, and I know you don't. So just be with them. Don't try to talk people out of their pain. What people don't need is is the church trying to put a bunch of rules on them to help them feel better. Number four, during the blue times, continue surrounding yourself with other believers. Other believers. Verse three. My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, where is your God, I mean, it's not good. And it's easy to lose perspective and get down. So what does the psalmist do? The next verse says it. He's remember remembering hanging out with other believers in the church crowd. My heart is breaking as I uh, what does it say? Remember how it what? used to be i walked in into the crowds of worshipers that's what we are at today we're crowds of worshipers leading a great procession into the house of god singing and giving thanks amid the sounds of a great what celebration you see the writer is saying i remember how it was I remember going down to the movie theater and going to the house of God and singing those songs I remember singing and shouting and having festive praise among people And one of the first things that happens to us when you and I get down is we want to we have a tendency to remove ourselves from other people We do we don't want to go to church We don't want to sing the songs But here's the thing when you and I worship god with shouts of joy and thanksgiving It takes our mind off of our problems and puts them on a bigger god You see you may think your problems are big and they may be big But what happens on sunday morning is it gives us some perspective It gets us some perspective because our, we come in here with our big problems and we worship an even bigger god And our problems aren't that big anymore Why? Because God uses the blue times to get your attention and to draw you and I closer to him. The writer is remembering happier times, times when he sang the song. So let me encourage you, when you come here at OneChurch.tv, sing out. Sing with gusto. Go for it. Don't just be a spectator in worship. Be a participant because there's something that happens in you there's something about singing the songs that our attitude starts to change and we get a better perspective. Look at verse five. 5. After he sung the songs, look what happens in verse 5. He's asking the question, why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Here's the answer. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Because the writer is singing and worshiping, his attitude begins to change. His circumstances are still in in the dump, right? It is. But by worshiping God and remembering all that he's got to be thankful for, he's got a new perspective. I hope that's what you got this past Thursday. I hope when you sat down, it was more than just about turkey and dressing and gluttony. I hope you sat down and you were saying, okay, I'm thankful to God for this, and I'm thankful to God for this. And God, I'm thankful for you for this. I'm th- and we have so much to be thankful for. It's funny, my middle son, Jed, he comes up to me on, on Friday. He says, have you ever noticed how weird Black Friday is and everybody goes out shopping? And I'm like, no, what do you mean by that? He says, on Thursday, we're supposed to give thanks and be thankful and be content with what God's given us. And on Friday, we rush out and we buy more things. And I thought, you know, you got, you got something there, Jed. And you know what? I think that's exactly what our society, our culture, is pushing us towards discontentment and ungratefulness. But gosh, God is pushing us towards thankfulness. And when you start being thankful, your perspective, your vision, your eyesight will change and you will have more things to be thankful for. I love that. Don't neglect community and don't neglect church when you're down. Get into a community of believers, go to church. It'll help your perspective. Can you imagine if everyone who calls onechurch.tv just decided, you know what? Every Sunday, I'm going to come to church. It's so funny. The generation before this one, I grew up in and you just went to church every Sunday. And it seems like our culture is getting away from that. And there should only be really one question you should ask when it comes to church. It's not if I'm going, but when am I going? i mean there's something i can't tell you how many countless times i've stood outside the theater or outside uh the school where we were meeting before and somebody would come to me and said chris and they would have tears in their eyes they would be very emotional you know what god just he was all over me today and i have hope now and i was this close not coming to church today it had nothing to do with who was speaking or the songs that were sung it's about meeting god and being with god's people Man, there's something about that community. Don't separate yourself from community. Community only works if you open up for what you're different and what you're having difficulties about. Some of you, you're struggling right now, but you're refusing to open up to your friends in your community group. And you're thinking, Well, this stuff doesn't work. The reason why it's not working is because you're not letting people in. Our tendency is when difficult times, blue times happen, is to walk away. And the the, the psalmist is saying no. Stick in there and surround yourself with other believers number five during your blue times continue talking with god Says this in verse six. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will what? Remember you the psalmist continues to call out to god Don't give up your contact with god during the blue times You know when a marriage is in trouble is when two people stop talking and communicating with one another marriages Will eventually fail if there is no communication and what our heavenly father is telling you and I simply today Is our relationship with god is not going to get any better unless we communicate with him We have to continue to listen and to talk and to listen to him Our first response is that we have a tendency to shut god out during difficult times It's almost like well if god knew what was really going on in my hearts and if we I told him how I really thought of him right now He'd get offended he'd be disappointed with me and I just want to call a TV timeout and simply say if God is God if he's all-knowing don't you think he already knows what you're thinking about I mean one of the things that happened with Jesus over and over again is you know he'd be in a group of crowd he'd be in this crowd and he would say in the in the in the the scripture would say and he knew what they were thinking so he said right It's like Jesus is God, and God knows what you and I are already thinking about. So just open up to him. God knows what's in your heart. There are two very important life lessons as we dig into this psalm. First, to know is simply that I am dependent upon an almighty God, that he is the creator, that he's calling the shots. And the second principle is that he is God, and I am not. In fact, would you turn to the person next to you and say, he is God, you are not? Some of you need a reminder for that because you like being in control. But the psalmist says this in verse 9, I say to God, my rock. Rock is stability. When was the last time you stopped in the middle of your pity party, in the middle of everything going on around you, and you simply said, God, you are God, and I am not. God, you're in control. I don't like what's going on. I don't agree with what's going on. But I'm going to trust in you no matter what. Back to verse 6. My soul is downcast within me, and therefore I will remember you. And then the writer talks about the different places where he used to worship God at. From the land of Jordan, that's Israel, to the heights of Mount Hermon, so on this mountaintop, from Mount Mazar. The writer talks about and remembers his mountaintop experiences with God. So during your blue times, continue talking with God. When you get the blues, decide when enough is enough. Decide when enough is enough. You need to know when your breaking point is. Because life will throw so much at you, some sometimes you will just start to break deep. goes to deep, and you will fall deeper, deeper into depression. The psalmist says, the tears have been my food. Have you ever just lived off of tears? There are days where you couldn't sleep, you couldn't eat, you couldn't think straight. You just hated being around people, and you definitely hated being around happy people. Anybody? I mean you're like just let leave me alone let me be in the dumps the writer admits he's deeply depressed and for some of you you got to realize you know when when your depression is just taking too much you have to say okay enough i'm going to see a counselor so many guys especially we see going to a counselor is a sign of weakness and it's not it's a sign of strength it's a sign of okay i am i'm willing to get better I'm willing to start getting better. Lastly, our reaction to the blues should, to, should be to quickly run to the arms of God. He says this in verse 11. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. I like verse 11 is the exact same thing as verse 5 in this chapter. He he ends this psalm. the psalmist ends this chapter by repeating what he did back in verse five Sometimes even when you don't feel it We just need to repeat god's truth again and again to ourselves until it becomes real to us He said the exact same thing Why am I discouraged? Why am I so sad? Why am I discouraged? Why am I so sad? The psalm I kind of overlooked the very first one because this is the most The most popular verse found in psalm 42 And I want to end with this one. It says this, Psalm 42, 1. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. You know, the psalmist made a decision. Long before any of this had occurred in life, he made the decision was simply going to be this. During his bluest moments i'm going to trust god What what are you going through today? What are some of the struggles you're going through in your life? What storms are raging in your heart for some of you? It's the pain of a relationship ending the pain of an engagement ending the pain of a marriage ending for others of you It's stories of financial ruin The story of losing your job and in turn losing your respect for others of you Friendships are ending. People haven't talked to you in years. And for others of you, it's just the stories of getting hurt by the church and church people. What is your story? Have you ever just thirsted for God? Longed for God? Cried out to God in desperation? Listen to the writer's voice as the deer longs for streams of water. So I long for you. Oh, God, I thirst for the living God. Thirst, longing. Why are you so parched and thirsty for water that you would do anything to quench that thirst? You know, we started this series three weeks ago by looking at Psalm 1, and it's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, and it talks about water and thirsting, and it simply says this, He is like a tree planted beside streams of water which yields its food in its season with fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither but you know sometimes when God seems far away God uses blue times to get your attention and to draw you closer to him as I talk as I finish I want to just close and talk about trees and what trees experience during dry times of drought Jack Hayford wrote about being a tree in his work on a rock a hard place. And I'm just going to ask for the lights to come down. And as I read this, I want you to just look at some of the pictures. Jack writes, we stood on a little bridge spanning the trickling creek. The calm flow of water in late September in no way resembled the surgings and the torrents that gush through that site when the spring falls come to Yosemite. Looking downstream, I observed the mighty boulders scattered along the length, the stream bed. Mute evidence of the explosive power of that creek at flood time. As we did, I noticed a young redwood tree standing right in the middle of the creek amongst all the boulders. Its gnarled root system clung. Somehow, it had found a way to begin its life around the flood-swept boulders. That it had begun didn't surprise me, for seedlings are born by the millions and swept away in the flesh of spring tides. What did surprise me is that it had survived. I wondered, how did that happen right there in the middle of that stream? If the surging waters hadn't washed it away, surely a crashing boulder should have crushed it into splinters. But there it was, tall, serene, possibly 10 to 12 years old and clearly destined to stand for decades, if not centuries to come. I drew a conclusion on my own standing there. That tree's survival was related to a drought. There is no way in the world that young tree could have survived its setting if it had not been a two or three year period when the spring fall was light. It was obvious that during the tree's infant existence, the creek become river didn't reach as high or pull as hard. The lower waters kept the annual floods and the rolling boulders from threatening its young life. But another factor came into play with the drought. The tree's roots searched more deeply for their water supply. The dry spell was a blessing which not only allowed for survival, but which created the setting for a firmer anchoring against the springtimes ahead. The rushings of the stream could not be with, could be withstood because of their roots sunk deep during those dry times. And it caused me to pray out to God and say, thank you, Lord, for the dry times in my soul, times when I think I would prefer the surgings, but times when you are calling me deeper, deeper into a more thorough grasp of your love, and sustaining grace towards me. And as I looked at that tree, I thought of a verse. He shall be like a tree planted. Church, wherever you're at this morning, whatever seems to be going on around you, I'm encouraging you, don't quit. Persevere. Go deeper. You're not where you're at by accident because God uses dry times to get your attention and to draw you closer to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, God, that we can come today, some of us with deep hurts and deep wounds, some of us coming off of family conflict, of thanksgiving, or maybe even just being alone. What once was a house filled with a lot of voices and smiles and singing is now filled with tears and silence. God, I thank you so much that we serve a God that can understand the highest of highs in our happy times but can understand even when things get really tough and really bad. So God, I just pray today. Lord, for those who are here today, I pray that you would let them know that they can come to you with their wounded hearts, that you understand, that you understand who they are, you understand where they're at. Lord, you understand because you have us right where you want us. People who are hungry and thirsty for a God who loves them. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Guys, I'm going to invite you to stand. And during this song, I'm just going to invite you to sing and go for it. If you need prayer, if you need to talk to somebody, we're going to have some of our folks out by the Next Steps tent, and we want to be there for you. Right now, let's sing.